close to my heart and I've been focusing on it now um, for a while and it's definitely something I'd like to discuss and share with others as I think it could help you too. So let's talk about why we don't follow our passion. What does that mean? Um, I think a lot of it starts with fear. Bottom line, I've experienced it myself. It's fear, outside influence. I mean, I'm going to dive in specifically to all the ways in which we don't do that and why, but Uh, First thing starts with fear and we're going to discuss how that holds us back. So stepping out of our comfort zone into the unknown is scary and a lot of times we have this big goal or vision in mind uh, when when we think about pursuing our passion and we come up with more reasons why it won't work than why it will. So more often than not we choose a career out of convenience or because money and a title sound nicer. Influence from friends and family also plays a huge role. I mean, families have expectations of us, especially if you've had a strict traditional upbringing. And this ties into the definition of success. Identifying your own definition of success is where it starts, not what society or anyone else tells us. Our parents' definition of success might be to take over a family business, have a master's degree, or climb the corporate ladder. And we easily give in to this and become a cog in the wheel. And then we start to live someone else's life instead of our own. And I think one excuse that we tend to come up with is, well, there's so many other people doing what I want to do. So it'd be hard for me to get my foot in the door or become successful. And even at that point, we just try, we don't try and give up. So if everyone had that mentality, there'd be a lot less actors, singers, musicians, podcasters, athletes, bloggers. I mean, the list goes on. Successful people are successful because they followed their passion and something they actually care about. And you will reach your definition of success when you're pursuing something where you want to keep working hard at it. It has your attention and you put your blood, sweat, and tears into it. And I think another thing is we assume that like we have to be the best at it. Like I'm only worthy of pursuing this passion if, you know, I'm what society considers good or if I'm good enough. 
but you become the best from practicing what you love doing. So it just starts with a cycle of negative thoughts and it's actually the opposite of how we're supposed to approach life. So really ask yourself what sets your soul on fire and do more of that. And you're probably thinking, yeah, that sounds great, but let's be real here. I can't just quit my job and pursue my dreams. Trust me, being the naturally pessimistic person I am, the same thoughts were running through my head. And everyone's life is different. No one is living the same exact life. I mean, some people have children, a significant other, and major responsibilities they have to consider before themselves. So I can't speak for you and what your reality looks like, but again, I'm going to cover all of the outside factors that pursue us from following or that prevent us from following our passions and where we hold ourselves back and maybe how to change that and put things into perspective. So coming from an average person like myself, you can see that it it is possible. So a lot of it starts with school and society in general. They don't teach us to follow our passion in school or even encourage it. I think the education system treats students like herding cattle and they base your performance off grades and numbers. And this does not determine one's intelligence or success in life. I'm not sure if any of you have seen this picture, but it has an elephant, a penguin, a monkey, a fish, a bird, a seal, and a dog. And there's a sign and it says in order to pass the test, they have to climb the tree. Well, obviously some of the animals aren't going to be able to climb the tree because they don't have the natural ability to do so. There's only a couple that can easily pass it because the test was designed for a certain kind of animal. And I believe this is how school treats students, thus ensuring that not every student will succeed to their maximum potential because they're not trying to recognize the talents that are unique to every person. I mean, why do you think so many kids hate school? required to do all this bullshit work that you'll never use in real life instead of developing skills that can actually help you and then we're forced to pick a degree or career that we're supposed to work in the rest of our life at 18 I mean it's just way too big of a decision to make when you're still a teenager it's honestly crazy if you really think about it we have no job or life experience and we're just forced to choose I personally felt forced to choose my freshman year of college. I went in undecided because I had no idea. And in some countries, it's customary for people to take time off after they graduate high school. You know, they may travel or volunteer or kind of work different jobs to figure out what they like. And I kind of wish it was like that more in the U.S. because I think it would be helpful to have that break between high school and college instead of going right from one to the other. So, you know, it's not only society and the way we're conditioned with school, um, money and finances definitely plays a huge role in this too. So I'm no exception to that. So you've earned your degree. Now what? Well, a lot of times you start working in the field and you're like, so this is it? This is what I'm supposed to do the rest of my life? And I know it's common to feel like once you've graduated and established a career, it's too late to follow what your heart truly desires. And this is totally understandable and very valid. And it's another reason why we don't pursue our passions. I mean, I have $25,000 worth of student loan debt because I majored in criminal justice and I've barely worked in the field. So it's very hard to walk away from something that you've invested time and money into and you don't want to start over. 
Um, but, you know, let's say that whatever you're passionate about requires you to go back to school. Maybe it'll take three years to get that degree or certificate. Three years is going to pass you by regardless, so you might as well make the most out of that time and use it wisely. Now we're going to jump into uh, the realistic side of money and just trying to make a living because at the end of the day, that's what we're all doing. So, you know, at this point you have you have your degree, the burden of student loan starts kicking in, and when we graduate from school, we want this sense of independence and we want to move out of our parents' house. And a lot of times we're not, we don't feel like a real adult until we're able to do that. I didn't feel like I was a real adult until I moved out on my own, had my own place, um, had bills to pay, and really understood what it was like to provide for myself. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of you that can relate. You're scraping by, learning how to budget, and your whole perspective on life changes. And then once we are on our own and we have this financial pressure, we become trapped even more because of money and that reality kicks in, the bills start stacking up. So, you know, we spend all this money getting a job that barely covers the cost of living while we're getting sucked into debt and it becomes never ending. And the worst part is you wake up every day dreading going to work. I say enough is enough. I really think the world would be a better place if we could listen to our heart and pursue what actually makes us happy. And that leads me to my next point about how we equate money with success. So I talked about like defining what your own definition of success is because it really is going to vary from person to person. But unfortunately, again, society has kind of planted little seeds in our head to tell us exactly what um, we should think being successful is. So a lot of times we equate money with success and we convince ourselves that if we make just a little more money or we get a raise, we would enjoy our jobs more. But that is a straight up lie. It might make your life easier in the moment, but you'll get used to how much you're getting paid and you'll base your cost of living off of that. And trust me, the novelty will wear off, I can assure you, because it's an instant gratification feeling. So it might feel great getting that raise after a couple months, but I promise you later on down the road, the same things you hate about your job are still going to be there. You're not going to enjoy it anymore from before you got the raise. And your soul will never feel nourished or fulfilled when you chase dollar signs. I know because I've been there and it's a toxic cycle. So, you know, money is another big aspect that really leads us astray from finding our purpose in life and pursuing what we're actually passionate about. And on the surface, I mean, I would say most people desire a lot of money. I think deep down, you know, we know that that doesn't really create authentic fulfillment and we're taught that we should want materialistic things, that we have to keep up with the Joneses and have the house, the car, the new gadgets, all the fancy things. And if you desire that, that's great to each their own. I mean, I like nice things. I'm not saying I want to like, you know, I want trash, but um, it doesn't really lead to living a purposeful life. Like at the end of the day, those material things, it's just a distraction. Like, you work so hard to get it, but then, okay, well, what's the next big thing I have to get? Um, so your, your happiness and passion shouldn't be based on material items. And do you ever wonder why so many rich people are miserable and have a lot of problems? I'm not kidding when I say that some of the unhappiest people I've ever met, they tend to be wealthy. And that's why the saying, more money, more problems exists. 
For example, I nannied for a family in Seattle, and on the outside, they seemed like they had it all. They had a beautiful house. Um, It was over a million dollars. It was nestled right outside downtown Seattle. They had a Tesla. They traveled to all these places throughout the year, different countries and all over the U.S., and they were able to put their children in several activities. But my oh my what a toxic environment it was and I realized how really unhappy and dysfunctional they were and this isn't me judging them because every family is dysfunctional and has issues but essentially money is the root of all evil and it just shouldn't be a constant focus because people become greedy and then you turn into a bad person or in their case bad parents like they just were not good parents at all they didn't want to spend quality time with their kids and like you kind of see that ugly side like where rich people they just have their kids with like nannies and they put them in activities so they don't have to deal with them so it's just a prime example of what can happen when you chase money instead of doing things that are good for your soul Another thing that tends to get in the way is our current job or jobs. I mean, I've had several, so, (laughs) Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I don't care what your degree or what your title is, you are replaceable. Let me say it louder for the people in the back. Your company doesn't actually care about you. If you quit or get fired, they can fill your role before the two weeks is even up, and that happened to me. They let me go the day I put my two weeks in. So it doesn't matter how hard you work and the slack that you pick up for others. I mean, why should we sacrifice so much of ourselves and our lives for something that wouldn't even give us a second thought when we're gone? Like, I'm not saying to show up to work and not do your job, but, you know, when you're pouring all this energy in and you're not getting anything in return, like, really ask yourself if it's worth it. I mean, there's CEOs who've been with their company for 30 years and they can get fired in the snap of a finger. So, I mean, your work will always be there. You're always going to have to work, but your kids are not always going to be as little as they are. Your family's not always going to be around and you may not always have the opportunities that you have today. So just stop giving so much energy to something you don't love and give it to your loved ones or whatever makes you happy and what you're passionate about. So we have all these external factors that kind of prevent us from going down this path. Money, outside influence, our jobs. Um, So the other part of that is ourselves, where we really hold ourselves back. And I definitely was guilty of this too. So we have to hold ourselves accountable. Let's say that, you know, the outside influence, it's not really so much getting in the way of you pursuing your passion it's yourself and that tends to happen so I'm going to give some tough love and just say that at the end of the day you also have to hold yourself accountable we can't always blame things on the outside or blame others or whatnot like sometimes we really have to look within and be like wow I'm my own worst enemy so a lot of it is about time management balance how much you truly want it You can list every excuse in the book as to why you can't do something. I personally know moms who work full-time that have multiple children and they still find time to have a side business, to work out, or do something for themselves. I mean, start whatever your hobby or passion is, start doing it on the side and on the weekends. I mean, so many people are working from home right now because of COVID. I think it'd be a great time to multitask and put those time management skills to use. 
if you can, again, not saying to just completely stop doing your job, but, you know, if you're able to kind of like, if you're working from home and it's a bit relaxed and you can do things while you're working from home, do it. Also, for those of you who are parents where it's like a little harder, get your kids involved and introduce them to what you're passionate about. Let's say it's cooking. You guys can cook a recipe together. And then not only are you doing something that you love, but you get to spend time with your kids and, you know, they're going to see that you're doing something you love. They're going to pick up on that. I mean, I personally, when I was uh, creating this podcast, I used my lunch breaks at work and every second on my weekend. So don't waste time scrolling social media and Netflix. Those are time wasters and distractions. Um, the next thing is just the, it's the small consistent steps that lead to change. So again, it can be overwhelming because you're sitting here with this big goal and you're like, I have no idea how to even, you know, try to pursue it. Again, I'm not going to sit here and be like, yeah, you know, just quit your job. It'll all be sunshine and daisies because we know we can't do that. But if we start making small changes, even if it's one thing a week, that over time, those small consistent changes is where you're going to see that growth or that change or going down a different path that you want to. Um, A lot of it too is being patient. We live in a time where instant gratification is the norm. So also whatever you choose, enjoy the process. I think we're always so in a rush. Like even when we are focusing on something we're passionate about, we're just always in like a hurry. We got to get it done. Um, it has to be perfect but you need to remember to enjoy the process too otherwise why do it at all because okay you have this big goal even when you get there if you're stressing about it all the time and you're just waiting for like that end result it's going to feel anticlimactic because you really need to enjoy every stage of the process enjoy what you're doing um you know otherwise why do it at all um and this leads me to fear of failure This is a very, I feel like, subconscious thing that we don't even realize happens. And failure is inevitable. As a recovering perfectionist, I can tell you, like, I have struggled with this my entire life. I still do. But I'm trying to find ways to overcome that. But um, nothing is going to run smoothly or be perfect either when you're on this journey. You're going to have failures and learning curves along the way. Not to mention, you're going to be tested to see how bad you really want it. And that's why um, they say nothing worth having comes easy. And it's so true. You know, even if we do decide to follow something that we love, it's not it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be happy moments every single day. Um, and that was me even when I was starting this podcast. Like, I had to figure out how to learn GarageBand. I had never used it before. So, oh my gosh, it was it's crazy. Like you go and you think, okay, I'm going to get this done today. It's going to be so easy. I'm going to power through it. Well, that did not happen for me. So I set up all my podcast equipment, open up GarageBand. Um, I'm like, great, I'm ready to start recording. Well, GarageBand was not picking up the microphone. So I'm watching YouTube videos, going through the directions, messing with the preferences, trying to do everything with the settings. And it's you know, at this point, two hours passes by. So I'm getting frustrated. So I'm like, all right, let me call Apple and see if it's a problem with the system. So I call them and she's like, your system is not up to date. You need to update it. Okay, great. Uh, go to update it. Well, I don't have enough storage space. So now I've take, 
taken two plus hours that I have to clear out all of these files and junk off of my computer. That's done. Now I can run the update. Update takes four hours and I'm just sitting there like, I don't understand. Like this was supposed to be something simple. So this is hours upon hours now. So the updates finish, go back into GarageBand, still not picking up the mic. So I'm like, okay, maybe it's a problem with the interface. So I call the customer service number and they're based in England. So I'm on hold for 20 minutes. I haven't even talked to someone and stupid me, it does totally forgets that uh, international calls have charges. So I hang up, I'm like just getting so frustrated and I get a text from T-Mobile and they're like, hey, by the way, like you just made an international call, you're going to have this charge on your next bill. I was like, oh my God, I felt so stupid. I was like, I didn't even talk to anyone. This is just making things so much worse. So I finally, you know, took a break, walked away from it, came back, tweaked a couple things and played with the gadgets and I finally got it to work. But my point being is that, again, you know, you're going to be tested to see how bad you really want it. Like it took a while even just to figure out one part of this, which is GarageBand, all those steps that I wasn't anticipating happen. I mean, some people could have given up at that point and been like, I'm never going to figure it out. It's not meant to be. I'm not good with technology. So you just have to overcome it and see those mishaps as small achievements. Like, okay, that was a lot harder, but it also felt better once I had figured it out. And then... The last thing that I want to bring up is to not live with regret and I think that it's always better to give something your best and to fail than to live with regret and not do it at all and honestly the first thing that pops into my head is COVID because it's really magnified everything that we haven't been able to do and things that we took for granted so I'm sure some of you are mad at yourself or shaking your head because you wish you would have traveled more, taken that trip, gone to the concert, saw friends and family more. So regret is not a good feeling to sit with and I encourage you to live your life with the mindset of not having any regrets. Like I know that's really cliche but I promise you it's one of the worst feelings. Like when you look back on life having regrets it's always the worst. So like I am inherently a planner and I was constantly looking into the future and not enjoying the present and as much as COVID has sucked like it really has shown me that I need to be present more and just enjoy this moment now Um, and also (laughs) needing to be a little more spontaneous and I think when we have that we feel like we're more in control of our life and that's part of finding your passion taking control of your life and having the willpower and confidence to go after what you want to do so you've So I graduated from college about five years ago and I have been a square peg trying to fit myself into a circle. I did not know what I wanted to do at 18 like most people. I had an interest in law at the time and decided I was going to major in criminal justice so I took the LSAT senior year and I was accepted to law school. So I had an internship uh, my last semester senior year and I talked to several lawyers to pick their brain and get some advice. And every single one told me that they regretted their decision about becoming a lawyer. And if they could go back, they would choose something else. So I did not find one that said they enjoy what they do. And that was definitely disheartening to hear. Um, Also, again, with that fear of failure, like I had already had that about pursuing law school. Um, It was creeping into my head at the time. And 
I was like, oh, well, there's so many lawyers out there already. Like, it's going to be hard to get a good job out of law school. Will I be successful? So, you know, between all the knowledge I've gathered at that point and me being my own worst enemy, I was like, let me just take a break from school and really think about if I want to invest all this time and money into going to law school. So I got a job as a legal assistant a couple months after I graduated. And I learned quickly. I got the hang of things. You know, I was just doing fine. And I was really waiting for that moment where I would actually enjoy what I was doing. And I knew deep down in the depths of my soul that it would never come. Like, I did not want to wake up and go to work and sit in a cube doing the same thing every single day. Like, I thought maybe I just wasn't adjusting to the real world yet or after having the college experience or I needed to get something out of my system. But I actually had like ran away after being at that job for only six months and took a job as a nanny instead because my mentality was that I could do less for more money and it would buy me more time to figure out what it is I actually wanted to do. Like I just knew like, nope, sorry, this is not for me. I'm not doing this job. Like I would rather die. So, you know, it's not the best mindset to have at the time, um, but I still had a lot to learn at that point. So for some people, you get to a point in your life where you realize something has to change. Call it a dark night of the soul, a quarter-life crisis, midlife crisis, whatever you want. It happens to each of us, I think, at a different point in our lives. Um, sometimes going through something traumatic can also act as a catalyst for this awakening process. And basically, it's the soul's cry for help. And I didn't know it at the time when I decided to quit the law firm, but I essentially got my first taste of that so it wasn't my like grand awakening at that point but it was like warning signals going off that like nope this does not align with your soul this cannot be your life um so I was done uh so that leads me to here I am five years later and a couple months ago I came across this Facebook post and The title of it was when you feel purposeless and like you're wasting time and I swear this was like God or the universe or whoever like made me come across this for a reason because it just so perfectly described what I had been going through all these years. So I actually wrote a Facebook post after I read it because it really hit home for me and I just felt so compelled to like share this message with others like I couldn't explain it because I really don't post on social media all that much and I actually had a lot of like I was so nervous and sweating as I was writing it like why am I posting this like how are people going to perceive it but I didn't care I was like I just have to get this off my chest because even if it helps one person like I just I have to like it was one of those really strange feelings um but I'm going to read my response to that article This year has been a tumultuous one globally and personally. On one hand, it's given me too much time to think, but on the other time to think about what it is I really want out of life. I'll be the first to admit I felt like I needed to have it all figured out at 26. I joined the workforce and thought I had done all the right things. I feel like I've seen everyone achieve all their goals and find their calling according to social media. I ask myself so many times, why haven't I found my purpose or a career I'm passionate about? What am I doing wrong? It seems everyone has been able to figure it out but me. Nothing can put into words what I was feeling so perfectly until I came across this article. 
the feeling of always needing to be doing something, achieving more, having it all together, etc. It's exhausting. I know there are many people that feel the same, which is why I felt compelled to write this post. This applies to those not in their 20s as well. I think it's important to recognize that it's okay to wander aimlessly through the clouds. Life isn't about having it all figured out. Sometimes when we wander into the distance and let the dust settle, then the path ahead reveals itself when it's supposed to. Being still and listening to our intuition is the best and most important guide. Coming to this realization has helped me in more ways than one. I hope this post finds someone experiencing the same struggle. Social media is filled with perfect moments and pictures. Sometimes we need the imperfect ones too. In the meantime, here's to keeping your head in the clouds and getting lost in the moment. I actually, um, after I wrote that, a couple people reached out to me and they're like, oh my god, thank you so much. Like, I really could relate to this. Like, I was genuinely surprised, but I was just so happy that I did have the courage to post it and just share my thoughts because I know there are so many people that feel the same way and it's not a good feeling, you know, it's like essentially having an existential crisis, but um, that's also why I'm talking about it now on this podcast. So what if you have no idea what you're passionate about? Like I really am just starting to figure it out. I still don't have the answers, but even if you have no idea, you're like, where do I start? What if I never find it? Is it something I can even do? So I do have some uh, tips and words of encouragement where to start that process. So like I said, I just started figuring all this out at 26, which was like a year ago. And the turning point for me was accepting that a nine to five job, nine to five corporate job would never be my path and really make me happy. So even acknowledging those parts of yourself can be challenging because for a while I just felt like a brat and thought I had to suck it up and have a normal job like everyone else. But I was finally able to come to terms with the fact that being my own boss is my true definition of success. So what is yours? And for those of you that have no idea, go within. It's simple. Go within yourself because it's the only way that you'll figure it out. And you have to cut out all the distractions. Shut the TV off, put your phone away, turn the music down, sit in a room all by yourself in silence. And I'm sure some of you are thinking, who would want to do that? That's weird. But it really is the only way to go within without distractions and seek those answers that you desire. And it's going to feel uncomfortable at first. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, when I first did it, oh my god, I was like, this is unreal. So we just don't realize how much we try to distract ourselves and we don't like being alone with our own thoughts. But once you once you get used to it um, and you you're not worrying about influence from other people in society. It's so helpful and cathartic. Like I personally love journaling and I think that's also a really great way to start this process. And when you write, like, I mean, some people need prompts. I just write freely and kind of like vent to myself and vent on paper and get it all out. And when you do this, your subconscious thoughts are going to come to the surface because it's like having a conversation with yourself. So I personally find that really helpful. Um, I also recommend just writing a list of activities that you simply enjoy or liked as a kid. And there's this concept talked a lot about in mental health right now called your inner child. So again, thinking about what you liked doing when you were a kid also is going to give you clues as to really what does your soul desire at the end of the day. So... 
you know, there's never going to be a perfect moment in time to change course or direction. So always having that mindset of thinking about the future really robs us of the present. And, you know, based on everything I told you, I had constant stress when I was overthinking and forcing myself into jobs that just weren't aligned with who I really was. So after going within and releasing expectations is when I really started to find inner peace and that led me to starting my own podcast. I had no idea that I would ever want to do this. So if there's anything to take away from this episode, it's asking yourself what lights your soul on fire. So I know there are many out there that can relate to my experience and frustration and I just want to let you know that you're not alone and you're not crazy. You not wanting to wake up living the same life every day as normal and it's okay to want better for yourself. So I say stop trying to impress other people and start trying to impress yourself. I hope that you guys enjoyed my first episode. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and you can reach out to me on Instagram. My handle is Adriana Egan. Um, I'm sending love to all of you and I'm looking forward to having you around the next time. Bye.